sounded juicy. I don't know about, I don't know what the audience heard on this, and this will be a little, it's a little teaser, a little taste for Brandana as he's walking in there. I see that mattress. That mattress is looking thin, bro. You need to bulk up that mattress game. All right, here he comes back. Hello. Hello, sir. Hello, Hello sir. I, I like how we have the clap, and there's just going to be like fucking like just 15 seconds of silence. Oh, there um, won't be. There won't be. I felt it for you. Oh, really? Did you? Nice. Nice. <laughs> wow, look at that little bonus. Looking forward to that. There you that. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 71 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. You got something to say? Shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, the gunpowder in your pottle rocket, most awesome. Oh. Pottle yeah. rocket, I love it. Think Things that, that go buddy. boom. <laughs> Nicely oh, no. done, sir. Uh yeah, we're recording on this Fourth of July. I know you got some uh, some weekend holiday plans. We're making it work. What's what's going on? What's the haps? Oh, we're just traveling down. My nephew turned one on uh, July first. We're gonna go down and uh, visit some fam, some some cousins, and good stuff like that. And we're leaving right after work. Normally, when we normally pod. We pod so hard, but we're gonna we're gonna we vacation really so hard. hard. We do pod really hard, and you should vacation hard. Those who pod hard vacation hard. Wait, so yeah, you're are are places open tomorrow? Are people working? Is that the deal? Oh yeah, and my both nope. Doctor Mrs. the Commission, I and uh, right. our industries don't sleep, can't sleep. All right, I don't. I don't we don't. Like no to, days off. Yeah, I feel like some no potting off, off. No days off. I'll be in the office tomorrow. Uh, we have a rocket. Packed episode seven. Does that work, bro? Rocket pack? I don't know. We're, we're it's getting worse. All right. It's okay. <laughs> uh, are we doing ripped from the headlines? We're doing the decision. New Balance edition. We're going to hit an MAMA parenting tip. Just talking about kids on the 4th of July. We're doing mad degrees of separation. Got a four set up for you guys. Ooh. We're doing uh, a little new segment, but we're going to do the BAM reverse inbox that is it may be backwards spelled bam we're gonna call a longtime listener and pop a question on them we love you filling up our inbox but we'll come right back at you be careful then we're doing the neapolitan showdown we're doing shitty little secrets find out little <laughs> things that we don't enjoy doing that maybe we should uh then we're gonna do a tales from the frat brandana gambling corner edition something we lost last week and we're gonna finish as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen your hour power starts now headlines we are talking the decision new balance edition why are we talking about that this week brother oh new balance edition because we're talking about the enigmatic i don't know the Mm. Kawhi leonard the man of mystery mr Boardman himself yeah uh no announcement from uh uh, dinosaur brontosaurusville (laughs) nothing in there nothing coming (laughs) out of that yeah, so we we don't know where he's going to go. Right now, it seems like uh, there's three teams at play, the Lakers, the Clippers, and then the, his current team, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Uh, first of all, do you believe that all three of these teams are on the table? Is there one missing? What What do you have? You still have a three-horse race? Yeah, it's a three-horse race. The Knicks, who said it kind of were a late entry into it as far as I, I was concerned, uh, they bowed out of it and said that they, they realized, I think after the whole – KD Kyrie thing blew up in their face. They uh, they quickly pivoted and said, "We're not going to go after another big free agent. We're going to go after guys on two and uh, you know young guys on two year deals, two three year deals, and uh, see see how we go that way because we don't want to get spurned and and miss uh, miss out on some other people." 
Okay, so we have our NBA correspondent, which is Tom Fleming coming on. If you're a friend of the MAV Sports Podcast, you've heard, heard him on a couple times. And basically, to become a correspondent on MAV Podcast, you just you kind of have to give a shit about whatever yeah. you're talking about. He gives a shit about basketball, so there, boom. Correspondent, boom. there you are. Boom. We'll and availability. <laughs> and near a phone. <laughs> and availability. Can you get on the phone this time? Perfect. Correspondent, Perfect. boom. Put on the crown. Uh, let's talk about real fast because we will dive in that super deep when we talk to him. He's a Clippers fan, so I know he'll want to talk that angle ad sure. nauseum as Clipper fans do. Can we talk about a few of the other free agent free agent misses that kind of shocked you? Uh, um, sorry, we always fucking do this. Ky- Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to the Brooklyn Nets. Is this surprising? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, my my hot take of him uh, not going <laughs> not to the Nets yeah. aged so sure. well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a little surprising. I think I think the Kyrie to the Nets was a little less surprising. Um, the the rumors were out there uh, a little earlier on in the in the that pre uh, June thirtieth uh, free agent starting period. Um, he also signed with Rock Nation, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, the COO of Rock Nation. His twin brother is actually in the, the administration for the Nets, so there seemed to be a connection there as well, too. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like it was interesting then that then, you know, Durant followed suit and went after that. That was the most shocking thing of that. Well, I definitely thought, like, no matter what, Durant would land where I, – I know you and I started talking about it around All-Star break. And it's no secret. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm reading body language, like, obviously, like, you know – uh, Kawhi Kyrie motherfucker I'm gonna edit this out <laughs> Kyrie yeah. looked like he had like a little man crush on Kevin Durant like when they're going around it, like it seemed like they were gonna land at the same spot but it seems like what's a uh, it's, it's a shitty question I don't want to do with the media is this a bigger win for the you know Nets or a bigger loss for the Knicks but how did the Knicks like bungle this it just seemed like it was gonna happen right yeah and I think I mean we talked about James Dolan and yes. now you're a fan, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're I'm a fan, fan of his music. I'm a fan <laughs> of the fan. music. JD and the straight shots. He likes to rock. He likes to party. He likes to lose it up, <laughs> my friend. Um, I mean, is it more of a? I mean, I think it's more of a win for the Nets than it is a loss for the Knicks. But I just think it's the uh, just a another signature hallmark for the Knicks as to why they are fucking just just inept at what they're doing. They're not. They're not a savvy basketball organization. It starts top up. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion about whether they would or would not offer him the max. Um, James Dolan kind of said that, or members of the Knicks kind of said, "Well, we might offer, you know, we might be, we might have pause offering the max for um, Kevin Durant with the Achilles injury, injury." And so, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't, because that was a kind of market they were, they were dealing with. But it just seems like. Just you just get this general feeling like you don't know what you guys are doing. Like you don't have a clear vision. The difference between Brooklyn and the Knicks are is that Brooklyn has a clear vision. You know exactly what they're going to do, and they're able to clear all this cap space up. And it's a much better basketball situation than the Knicks are. Yeah, all the Knicks are a brand. Yeah, they are. It's a big brand, and like I think we talked about a couple pods, or maybe last pod, and it got chopped off. But it was, you know, if you're if you're fucking if you own a team in LA or New York and you can't get people to come there, you're fucking up. Right. <laughs> like, these are cities people want to go to. These are cities superstars want to play in. And if you can't get that done, then it, you are the problem. And if you just look at like the, le- if you're a 20 year old, like, and you live in the tri-state area, you, you're probably more of a Nets fan than you are a Knicks fan. If you just look at it historically, from what these two organizations have done, the Nets, yes, the Nets have kind of bottomed out and had a had a real iffy period in that Billy Hunter era when they traded for Kevin Garnett and they traded all all those picks to Boston. But Sean Marks and the organization and the, the Nets have really like turned it around, and now they have Kyrie and KD and a crop of young talent. And I was looking at it over the since like 1999, the Knicks have only been in the playoffs six times in 20 years and i've had seven seasons where they lost more than 50 games the nets have been in the playoffs 10 times and don't nearly have like some of the bottomed out rot you know bottom barrel uh seasons that the knicks have had i mean the knicks are just a, a a travesty and i do look at it as brooklyn kind of supplanting the knicks and we can talk about this with the clippers as well as 
uh, too with the the Lakers, but the Brooklyn owns New York now. Yeah. Uh, so what's the that Porzingis trade? Then what does that mean to you? Like moving him out of town? I know there's some other shit like hanging over it, but it's yeah. You know, uh, there's two things, and I think this will lead into my other question. I want you to take it and run, most awesome, because you are most awesome. That's why Thank we all you. show up and listen to this pod. What has this taught you about how much it is a player's market? Also, right? Like, you can have all this money and fucking cap space, but if you don't have any players to spend it on, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and you can only, you know, you can only be in this perpetual, well, it, it, it'll be this free agent class, the, the 2021 or 2022 free agent class. That's the one where we're going to strike and get all of our ducks in a row. You can't keep kicking the can down yeah. the road, and that's what the Knicks seem to do. And the Knicks, like, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously, yes, you mentioned with the Porzingis thing, like, he didn't want to be there. They didn't want him there. There was some issues back and forth between them and his camp and everything like that. And so they shipped him off. This trade is going to look real shitty if Porzingis goes down to Dallas and becomes a 25 and 10 guy or like a perpetual all-star, like hanging around that third, second, first team, all NBA. It's going to look real bad. Exactly. That's, that's the huge problem. Like you can't simultaneously not want free agent vets to come and play for you for max deals and also your young guys don't want to be there that's that's the only two that's the only two yeah. ways to get players brother <laughs> like, yeah exactly like, you can't it. just be the knicks hey we play in madison square gardens this is it you know what i mean and and so although i will say i i i don't totally mind what the knicks did kind of pivoting and getting after all young guys on two-year deals the only three-year deal is not really a three-year deal it's julius randall at three for like 63 but that third year is a team option and basically all they're doing is they're they're trying to replicate what the nets have done and some other organizations have done is like let's get young guys kind of you know lottery pick guys we'll we'll throw them at two-year deals so we get their early bird rights oh early bird oh we talked about that before they get those early bird rights and if something pops then they have like inline road with a guy that could be coming up like a julius randall um, is somebody that they are looking at and, and some other young guys that they're going to get and just kind of have in that roster, in that club. But again, they're going to be back into like, well, what are you saving this cap space for? Cap space is great, but if you can't get anything they want to come there, like you said, it yeah. doesn't really matter. And, yeah. and if you can't hold on to your guys, it really doesn't matter. Uh, what's Where's early bird? Where's that come from, bro? Oh, shit. My bad. Yeah, it comes from, uh, I talked to, I was kicking myself from the audience there if, uh, that I didn't even mention the fact in our salary cap 101, bad professor MA, that uh, early bird is named after Larry Bird himself from the Boston Celtics. So, look, my be, my be. That. Look, not, you're bad at all, bro. You're giving us more. Drink up, everyone. Pod. This is, uh, all right, let's try to see if we can get our NBA correspondent on the horn. Ooh. Hello. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Not much. Let me just call one second. Yeah. How's the pod going so far? It's going oh, awesome. Fucking amazing. It's like, I i mean, if you're into home run pods, then this is probably the pod for you. <laughs> I am into home run pods. That's why I listen to yours. Excellent. We just decided, uh, I, I, we didn't know how to officially crown you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Tom Fleming. This is your third time on the pod, right? Is it fourth? Third? It, third time. Third time. Third time. Good third time. Oh. We had one time we were coming back from Vegas, and then we did a whole pod, and you were just like, I was supposed to be recording this? And so we took <laughs> that out of the mix, and now we recorded on our end to keep everything super simple. But we did decide that you're... We'll you're the official NBA okay. correspondent because two big things we look for in a correspondent for our pod. Uh, you're available and you give a shit. So there you go. Enjoy your crown. Sweet. I'm glad I could check those two boxes for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking time, buddy, to jump on on this uh, 4th of July. I know you have some hot dogs to grill, I'm sure. Uh, we're talking a little, 
you know, Kawhi Leonard, where he's going to land is through horse race. Everyone knows that you are a big Clippers fan, so we wanted to definitely get you on the horn. We do see it as, you know, as, as I think everyone does, it's either Toronto going to be a third fiddle in Los Angeles for the Lakers or kind of run his own thing with the Clips. Big thing we want to hear from you is let's talk kind of macro where it means to be, you know, overshadow is strong, but maybe being kind of that that little brother in the basketball sports town of Los Angeles and seeing kind of, you know, those free agencies, uh, free agency periods come and go and not getting your guy. And then also if you think there's an actual chance for the Clippers to land Kawhi Leonard. Oh boy. Those are two very difficult questions. Uh, so let's start with the little brother syndrome. I'm actually, I, I came to terms with that years and years and years ago when you spend the majority of your life rooting for a team that half of the city doesn't know. Uh, you get comfortable with the idea that uh, it's not going to matter and nobody's going to make your team a part of the conversation um, in situations like this. And uh, if you've been paying attention at all to Laker fan reaction to the idea that Kawhi would pick the Clippers over the Lakers, the amount of arrogance that comes out of Laker fans' mouths is sickening, um, and it, it like it, yeah, it, it, it's a little annoying in the sense that there's no rivalry. There never has been, and to be a rivalry, like I'm sure the two of you would agree, there needs to be two teams that are on a similar level, uh, you know, as far as competition is concerned, and they need to meet on a big stage, and that's never happened the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, little known story, Phil Andrews, when he was a major part of bringing Staples Center to uh, L.A. and was chairing uh, AEG, which actually until a few years ago owned Staples Center, his dream was to see a hallway series. 20 years later, we haven't seen it yet. Theoretically, mm-hmm. we could see this if Kawhi was to sign with the Clippers. Uh, it from a personal standpoint, as a Clipper fan, I think it's a compelling story. As a basketball fan and an NBA fan, I think it's a very compelling story. Um, like I said, within the city, half the city doesn't know that the Clippers exist. Nationally, sometimes they're a bigger story nationally than they are, uh, you know, within Southern California. Uh, the ratings will tell the story from uh, the local standpoint. But the fact that the Clippers have had almost as many national broadcast games over the last seven or eight years as the Lakers have will tell you that realistically they can be a story. They can be compelling uh, and attractive to more than just the fringe, you know, like the the diehard uh, Clipper fans. Well, I mean, I mean, for them. Yeah, I think in fairness, like. There, there will be that, and it looks like it's it's getting close there. I know you got to be super excited with what you saw to your squad last year, but I, there's yeah. a kind of Lob Nation took over LA for a couple of years there, right? Kind of like post Kobe Lakers. No, Lob City. Lob, what was it? Lob, Lob Nation. Lob City. Yeah. Lob, uh, Lob, I'm talking about Blake Griffin CB3. Yeah, Lob City took over the LA story nationally, but it certainly didn't take over the city. Uh, from a local standpoint, right. it was still all about the Lakers. Um, great. You got, you got to make it out of the second round first for you to take a bigger risk, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, hey, Paul, appreciate the fact that you put that one out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I would say this. I would say this. This is an interesting, like, this this moment in free agency right here with Kawhi is kind of the first time, like you talked about, in order to have a rivalry, you have to be in direct competition. Well, this is seemingly to me is like the first time that these two franchises have ever been in direct competition. Now, it's not on the court. It's in suiting, you know, being the suitor of Kawhi Leonard, which I think is really kind of interesting considering that, well, we have no, we have no insight or intuition as to what Kawhi would do. And Kawhi has said that he's not a Lakers fan, his family's a Lakers fan, but he never directly said that that meant that he was a Clippers fan either. So, how do you feel as the Clippers fan going into free agency? Like, where would you put your – if you had a bet on it, where would where would you lay your money on it? Well, I'll say, let me give you a bit of a timeline. A month ago, I was fairly confident, and by saying fairly, uh, I've been a Clipper fan for long enough to know that 
I can't be 100% confident about anything positive sure. happening sure. in this franchise. Look, so let's put it in a talking to a Lions fan sure. and a Vikings fan. <laughs> get it. Yeah, get it. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, a month ago, uh, and maybe we'll say six weeks ago, before the uh, the uh, after six years, game seven, uh, Kawhi Hero. Sure. I was fairly confident that the end game was Kawhi would be standing at center court in a Clippers jersey on you know the first of November or whenever the season starts at this point. Uh, sure. Then the Raptors won the championship, and I started to try and justify to myself. Well, you know what? He's quirky. Maybe that's you know all he needed was that this sort of closes the book. It, it provides the closure needed to walk away from that franchise. I got them a championship. They they got what they needed out of me. Now I can go and get what I want. I can get prime. What I've been looking for for a couple of years. I want to go home. Um, at that point, the Lakers weren't playing the Blues. At that point, the Lakers didn't have um, Anthony Davis. They were a mess. They didn't have a GM. They didn't have a coach. They didn't have anything. And there, like there wasn't even you know a moment where I thought that this was going to be a three-team race. It was always Clippers or Toronto, and I still felt like the pull was going to be strong. I mean, like, if you want to talk about cities that sort of represent that same appeal uh, of a college town, that kind of passion, Toronto is one of those towns. Like, they're ridiculously passionate about that team uh, to the point where I'm jealous. Like, you, you live in a city with 25 million people with great weather. Colin Coward, I don't agree with him on a ton of things but I do agree with him on this bad weather cities are great sports towns good weather cities are not there's way too much other stuff to do and in LA we're also spoiled because we've had winners at, at right. any given oh, man point, there's always Win- winners guys. nice weather Win- god living it rough out there in LA <laughs> yeah, unless you're yeah, unless you're the Clippers fan in that city, it's it's not exactly the you know it's it's not the bougie existence. It's the little brother behind the you know Instagram hit with three million followers. Like that's the Lakers. The Clippers are the little brother that's got fifty thousand followers because they're closely associated with their you know their bigger brother. So, okay, so that's that's good. I, I was I was making this yeah. point to uh, to most awesome, and I want you to dive on, dive in on and see what you think. And I think you were actually on the text thread uh, when we were kind of kicking uh, around where um, Kawhi would go. He, so here's my thing: we don't actually know anything about what matters to Kawhi Leonard. His two big no. moves was drafted by the Spurs and then traded. Yep. Uh, not in his own interest. Like everything was coming out when he traded Toronto from the Spurs was like, he did not want to go to Toronto and almost became a joke where it was just like, all right, if you're just going to quit on us, which is what he did. If he's just going to quit on us, Popovich was just like, all right, fucking pack your coat, brother. You're going up North. And so like he did this and it's just like, we don't, we have no idea if he has the Kyrie thing where he's Kyrie LeBron thing where he has to be the number one. Like even the Kevin Durant thing where he's just like, I need I need the spotlight on me. I need to show that I can win by myself. Or does he hate the fucking spotlight? Which is what it seems like. And it's just like, would he be totally comfortable being like a number three? He's like, this is perfect. I can play fucking basketball behind LeBron James and behind Anthony Davis. No one's going to, if we win, no one's going to give too much attention to me. I'll get a little credit. If we lose, no one's going to attack me. Like, I'll have my fucking New Balance shoe deal. I'll do that. We don't know which one. Agree? <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. And to the point where, uh, again, you can justify it. But- half a dozen different ways. You can use the, the, you know, the New Balance contract to say, clearly this guy does not care about who he's associated with. He's about, you know, God knows what. Like, it's a little extra coin in his pocket. Maybe that's all that that, that, that was about. Maybe he's the type of guy, maybe he is a little bit more sensitive like KD, where he feels disrespected in a particular uh, situation and is determined to get out of it. Uh, maybe he feels disrespected even after winning two finals MVPs. I, I, I really don't know. Maybe he feels like he had too much on his shoulders last year in Toronto and looking for a situation where he will be the third wheel uh, and can sort of it is that's, that's the background why... as a contributing member on a championship franchise. Or the other option is Maybe he's the guy that in the back of his head does care about legacy no matter how many times he doesn't say anything about it and says, 
you know what? If I take the Clippers to, uh, you know, the NBA Finals or actually get them a championship and maybe get a third Finals MVP in that situation, I will have taken the most, what was once the most pathetic franchise in uh, the NBA and made them champions. And on top of that, I'm the only guy in NBA history to have three Finals MVPs with three different squads. Right. Like, yeah. Right now he's only. Right now he's he's one of three with two and two, LeBron and Kareem yeah. being the other. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I when when we looked in this free agency, I, I when we started this prep for, for today, I kind of wrote like pros cons for each one of like trying to get in the mind of Kawhi and like well, what would, what if he stays with Toronto? What's a pro con? If he went with to the Lakers, what's a pro con? And a lot of it is what you what you hinted at. It's like. With the Lakers, you know, maybe it is the fact that he can play with AD and LeBron and all the other stuff doesn't. He gets to go home. He gets to go back to L.A. He doesn't have to carry the load, and he can ride out in another bigger market, and he can ride out uh, the rest of, you know, the third act of his career. And, you know, LeBron's kind of fading out of L.A., and so he can have the final two years as a Laker with a really good squad. Like the Clippers, I think the Clippers have, you know, kind of played the Kawhi game the best. I mean, they've been basically radio silent on any of their interactions with them, any other dealings. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like they're trying to cater to that trust factor because we know that that's what fractured the relationship in San Antonio. And we know that this guy is tightly, you know, wound in terms of who he talks to and who his confidence are. So they played it well there. It's in LA. But then my question mark, and obviously you've got a, significantly better coach, front office, owner, top-down in comparison to Lakers. But the other side of the coin is that you mentioned is he's going to into like a Toronto-type situation where he's got to be the guy to carry the load pretty much every night and be the man. Is that going to be too taxing on him? Is that something that he wants to do? And then with Toronto, you've got – he's familiar with them. He knows what he's getting. You know, he's obviously developed a, a relationship with uh, – uh, the, the general manager over there, and I think it's one of those things that's like, you know, it, although I would say if, what's the new information that Toronto's giving him to, to make him stay? Because if he hasn't said right. yes to Toronto now, why, you know, why would he have already just pulled the trigger on this? Can I say this real yeah, fast, most no, awesome? I, like, can, uh, sorry, Tom, we'll let you jump in here. I just want to say no, how much I hate it. this fucking, like, this secret game. Can you keep a secret? Like, it's like a girl that dated like a seventh grade and she was just like, all right, we're in a relationship. If you don't tell anybody, if you don't tell anybody, yeah. like I might date you next week, get the fuck out of here. It's working though. Yeah, the weird thing is it's fucking working. Like these three teams are clamoring all over themselves to get this prom date. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's the truth. Like when's the last time you saw three, you know, uh, NBA powers shut up? about this kind of stuff. There have been no real leaks in regards to this recruitment. We don't even really know where, when, or how each of these three teams met with Kawhi. We have no idea. There are rumors out there that Toronto met with him both in L.A. and in Toronto. There are rumors out there that all the Clippers did was have have lunch with him. But does that, like, like none of this... There's so little information being let out there, and you just you, you kind of have to play a game of what sounds most appropriate to me. So there was a, right. uh, a rumor this morning in which uh, Chris Broussard um, said Clippers are out of it. It's down to the Lakers and the and, and the, the Raptors. Except the Clippers have made no moves to erase that. They have $33 million in cap space right now. And there are right. guys that are out there that can be had at a relative bargain because they're one of only two or three teams left with any real cap space. If they were really out of it, don't you think they would be making moves right now to put themselves in a situation to fill out the rest of that roster? Like they're yeah. not yeah, operating. Exactly. Neither, yeah. neither are the Lakers, and neither are the, the the Raptors for that matter. Like none of these three franchises are operating under the assumption that they are out of this race. Yeah, the only thing so you heard, I think, was from like, Ma- Magic Johnson. Like who? Okay, real fast. Uh, a month ago, who had the worst ending? Magic Johnson with the Lakers or Game of Thrones? Go, let's hear it. What do you guys got? Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, Game of Thrones has the worst ending. 
Magic Johnson has clearly passed, uh, bounced back entirely from that embarrassing exit from the Lakers, considering he's representing the same <laughs> franchise he walked away from in the recruitment of arguably the best player in the NBA at this moment. Game of Thrones, I'm still pissed at. Thank you so much. That's funny. Like we didn't talk about that. All right, real fast, brother. I know you've given us a lot of your Fourth of July again, hot dogs to grill, um, merry times we had. Real fast, if Kawhi gets the Clippers, I know what your answer is going to be, but sell us a little bit. Are they a contender for the NBA championship? One hundred percent. This is a franchise that won forty-eight ball games last year. One hundred percent. They won forty-eight ball games last year. They took the Warriors to six winning. Two games in uh, Oakland against a like that, that was a healthy Warriors squad at the time. Yeah, they're grit, yeah. they're grind. Like they've got a mantra within the franchise at this point. It's for them. It's all about the black top, not the show top. And yes, it wow. is a bit of a big. Oh, wait, oh is, who, is that yours? Uh, you read that off a T-shirt somewhere? What are they doing there in LA? They're starting to give a shit no, about sports. Patrick Beverly <laughs> Junior over here. <laughs> that's Bumper. right. Well, guess what? That 48-win squad is coming back in its entirety as far as that rotation is concerned. If you add Kawhi Leonard to that, only good things can happen. The Warriors are clearly not going to be as strong as they were last year. I would argue that neither will Houston. Yes, there are a couple of teams in that mid-tier that got better, Utah being one of them. But nobody is adding the best player in the NBA is there, to their rotation is that, is in there, a position of need. Is, is there any is there any concern with subtraction by addition? You know, like, a part of what the Clippers, like, really got themselves on the map is definitely, like, exceeded any expectation of what they had, and it was just by grinding it out and just being, like, a good core squad. Is that going to be affected at all by Ed and Kawhi? Uh, I don't think so. In fact, I only think that he adds to it. I think he, from what we know, and we've talked about it over the last 10 minutes, we don't truly know what you know Kawhi is and what he believes, but on the surface, I think that he would be just an absolute perfect fit for that type of mentality, that type of squad. He's not going to need to lead uh, with a voice in that locker room. That's what Patrick Beverly is back for. Um, you got some other veterans in that uh, in that locker room, and you got a few rookies that balled out in that playoff series against the Warriors that. We're only expecting good things and a lot of improvement from. So, I personally, if the Clippers sign Kawhi, definitely the optimistic end of it, the biased end. I'm going to think that they they walk into the season as the odds-on favorite to represent the Western Conference. <laughs> Sounds totally unbiased. Beautiful, Thank you. <laughs> beautiful. And I'm I, and, and I've said it. I've said it from day one. I've I've, I've maintained my Clippers that he's going to sign with theirs. I'm not sticking to it. I'm hoping for you, Tom, that he's going to. He's going to ride into that, that red, white, and blue for you here on, on, on July 4th. Oh, good tie-in, good tie-in. For the Clipper Nation, for the Clipper Nation coming, coming into you. And then uh, I, I'm excited for it because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see, I'd love to see the rivalry uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers, and I hope he comes to you. Hopefully we'll find out uh, before this pod drops, which will drop on Monday, recording on Thursday. So hopefully this doesn't get too dated. But yep. we'll, we'll be good. We'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, a fan, that, yeah, fan favorite of the MAB Sports Podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Tom. Uh, real fast, uh, <laughs> should we hit uh, most awesome with a little? Does most awesome have it? Let's hit him. Oh, oh yes, I've been, I got a list. Been, I got a list. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay, yeah. good. Love to catch them all. So fucked up. This is going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, I was asked to put together a uh, a list of current Clippers. Yes. So it can't be prospective free agents. It can't be uh, guys that uh, aren't currently signed with the team, which minimizes the number of players I could actually put on the list. And then when you add yeah. to it that yeah. of those guys didn't play college ball, it makes it even tougher. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Okay. Optimistically, right. I'm thinking six out of eight of these. I, there might be a couple of guys on these lists that you don't even know about. Ooh. Oh, okay. This Let's is, see. Uh, what? Are you sad, most awesome? Sorry, I told them. I, you're getting softballs. You can't bat no, like 90% I'm not getting sad. I'm not, I'm not right. getting sad at all. All right, okay. let's do it. All right. Are we ready for this? We'll start with uh, this was a softball. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Where did he go to school? He went to, he went to uh, Kentucky. He's from Canada. That's right. From Canada, went to Kentucky. You're one for one. There you go. Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit. 
He's a shocker out of Wichita State. Boom. There we go. There we go. Okay. All right. Two for two, baby. We talked a little bit about him earlier. The heart and soul, as described by everybody associated with the Clipper franchise, the heart and soul of last year's team, back for another three years, Yeah. Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, what did he say? Like three for 36? Is that what that was? Like 12 million a year? Three for 40. Three for 40. Three for 40. Ooh, even more. Yeah. So, you know, came out of Arkansas, which, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, many people know that, but Patrick Beverly is from Arkansas. He certainly is. Where did he grow up? Chicago, originally. He's from Chicago, originally. Damn, a boy has it. Can we give him a bonus? Can we give him a bonus? (laughs) He's fine. He's fine. You don't worry about him. Just go three. He's good. Three for three. All right, so uh, this is where it starts. Actually, this one will be, probably be the last uh, cakewalk for you. Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell went to Louisville. That's right. All right, this is where it gets a little bit tougher. He will Bring be enjoying on. his. He will be enjoying his second year with the Clippers and second year in the league. Jerome Robinson. That's right. Wasn't he taking like 15th overall? Is that when he was taking or 14th? <laughs> animal. 13th. You're a beast. 13th or 14th? I'm sorry, what did you say? 13th. 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 Oh, I knew it was right there. He was from Boston College. Boston College, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, all right, boys, we're going to get up. Boys, wicked smart. I'm not sure whether this is going to be an easier one or a tougher one for you. Mo Hartless. Uh, Mo Hartless came out his freshman year from St. John's. Wow. And he's okay, giving uh, you the year. I think he got a little upset when you said he was going to go for six for eight. I think that kind of got a bug underneath his ass. Well, these last two yeah, exactly. I wasn't, I wasn't sad. I wasn't sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. These last two are a little bit tougher. And if we got one bonus one for you at the back end. All right. So here's the next one. Tyrone Wallace. Mm. Ooh, Tyrone Wallace. Oh. This one I might miss out on. Uh, shoot, I'm uh, I'm getting him mixed up with some Darius Thornwall because I I'm sure he's on your list as well too. So I'm not going to say that because I know that one. But uh, fuck, Tyrone Wallace, uh, uh, Texas Tech. I have no idea. I don't know where you go to school. Yep, University of California, Berkeley. Hmm. Oh. Cal Berkeley. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right. Well, you you were working towards it. So number eight is going Darius Thornwell. Yeah, he went to University of South Carolina. Certainly did. He was the uh, Player of the Year in the ACC, wasn't he? Um. Well, they play in the SEC, right? Did you say ACC? I'm or sorry. SEC. SEC. Yes. Damn. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. Yeah, he, he was the Player of the Year. He had a great season. I think uh, was it Frank Martin was their head coach back then. Yep, he was great. For All that. right, okay, yeah, you know right. everything. You know conferences. You know coaches. You know like where they're from. Well, That's a... what, what's the what's the bonus one? Is there a bonus one? So the bonus one is actually a player who hasn't played a single minute for the Clippers. Ooh. They picked him up off of waivers about a month before the end of the season and just signed him to a three-year or just agreed to a three-year uh, fifteen million dollar contract. The name is Rodney Magruder. Oh, Rodney Magruder played for Kansas State. Damn. Wow. <laughs> eight out of nine. Good Thought Lord. he would go six for eight at best, and he goes eight for nine. That's my boy. Pause off, everybody. Pause off. My boy, most awesome. Wow. Got it. Tom, uh, thanks for calling in, brother. We know you got to go enjoy the festivities. Thanks a lot. NBA hey, correspondent. Happy holidays, <laughs> All right, buddy, that's Tom dropping it. Okay, great knowledge. NBA correspondent, thank you so much, Tom Flim. Uh, do you agree with him? Does, does Do the Clippers have an actual shot to win the NBA championship if Kawhi joins them? I don't, I don't I think see that. So. Uh, oh, you don't see it? No, I, I mean, I, th- I, think every, I think everyone is uh, – I think the West is just up for grabs now that – the prohibitive favorite warriors aren't there or aren't going to be the 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 front runners like we assume them to be yeah. so i i think you know the lakers are hurt with with them not getting uh uh Kawhi. so i think i would put them up there i wouldn't put them as a prohibitive favorite i wouldn't say like hey they're going to be 
you know, odds on favorite. They're going to have the best odds in your Brandana gambling corner. But I think they would be in the top five of, of ball clubs in there for, for the NBA finals. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, like, plus 700, 750. Does that, does that feel right? Yeah, I, I think that feels right. But like we said, like, NBA's weird. That's why I was thinking about yeah. all these teams that are putting together some pieces, like, you know, the Utah Jazz. Like, teams that feel like they're almost there, they don't have that same puncher's chance that you have in the NFL to kind of put something together and, like, surprise people. Yeah. Like, I think there's a little bit of just, like, man, like, best-case scenario, like, you get like one home series and then <laughs> then like you yeah. got to go like through a couple seven game series buzz saws to get to the championship that sounds that sounds nuts. um all right brother we got a jam pack we're throwing the hour power out the window this might be two hours of power we don't know bonus content we're figuring it out as we go let's get into something we haven't done right. in a while man ma ma parenting tip bring us to the jam <laughs> Everybody, MA, MA parenting tip. Uh, things that go boom in kids. What are we talking about this week? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Don't blow your kids up. That's what we're well, talking there about. There it is, and that's been your MA, MA parenting tip. And there tip. it is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things I was thinking about. It. We haven't had a, a a parenting tip in a while. Yeah. Um, you brought it up, and I was like, Well, because yeah, I assume the about... kids are doing perfect. You're just like, you know, brother, I'm oh, I'm batting a thousand this last farther like, four months. couldn't be further from the <laughs> truth, my friend. Uh, we could we could do a whole uh, we could have done a, a whole <laughs> regression is the session that we're in right now because we're we're having a little regression issues with. Uh, potty and uh bedtime stuff but we won't get into that all right because that's that's not fun because i'm knee deep in it i don't have a tip for it if i can't if i can't get myself out of that's that a good situation. point you're, so you're, you're still in research you're in research mode we're figuring the fuck out what's going on they're throwing <laughs> curveballs at us so and that's that could be the point there too and it's just to you know don't again i I've said this before parents that are listening don't beat yourself up you're trying your best Tomorrow's a new day. You'll start over. But tomorrow won't be a new day if you blow your fucking kids up. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're, we're talking about, um, you know, Fourth of July, having fun, safety tips, and things like that. So, uh, you know, really, I think, I don't know, did you, like, did you play with fireworks as a kid? I remember playing with a lot of fireworks as a kid. I did. I, I think there's a lot of things. They just kind of look at what's changed just generationally, like kind of looking back. Like technology, you know, the introduction yeah, yeah. of like typing and internet. And then a close second is like just how willy nilly you were, <laughs> like fireworks and like parent supervision. Like we'd go we there. We would have bottle rocket fights. Exactly. Like, yeah. We did that. Like, like I mean, yeah. legit bottle rocket, like using bottles to aim them at bottle rockets. I have a distinct <laughs> right. memory. This is probably, uh, yeah, what I have a memory of my dad chasing me. I think I'm seven years old, eight, I think probably eight. With a sure. Roman candle, shooting Roman candle fucking balls to the like left and right side of my head, like right. legit right. firecracker right. wars, which is I gotta be I gotta think super frowned upon. Yeah, so that's tip number one. Don't sure. do that. Don't get Don't raised do by Brandana's dad. Tip one. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> no, but I, I I would just say like I, I would say when it comes to Fourth of July, like it's one of those things like we're all having partying and drinking and having a good time and you're all cutting loose you're getting a little bit of vacation but it's one of those things where you definitely if you've got little kids you got to be mindful of it and you got to let them know like hey this is really dangerous stuff you know what i mean like yeah i even read a crazy stat that like a lot of you know uh emergency visits are kids with like serious burns from sparklers right because they don't realize like right. hey this is incredibly hot so I think just, you know, it's it sounds very common sense and all this stuff is very common sense, but you want to establish like real specific boundaries with them. And if you do have fireworks that they can play with, like a sparkler, um, like like the snake, that little snake that like, you know, yeah, the boring snake. Everybody's like, the boring snake, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's like, good. That's, that's a good point, bro, because I think the, the contradiction is, right, that it's, you know, these things are, they create excitement. They're fun. Yeah. They're bright. They're colorful. And it's just yeah. like, and they're super dangerous. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things that like an early age you're introduced to where it's just, it's kind of like, it's, it's both sides of the coin. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And they're, and they're, their inhibitions are like easily broken and they can just run off and do whatever. So you have to be yeah. like really set boundaries. And like, I would say, 
you know, I remember as a kid, like we one time we we stopped off and got a whole bunch of fireworks before we went up north to do uh, to go like our, our kind of annual tradition. That's one of the other things I'll talk about later on. But lighting off, we got this like mortise, like this mortar shell thing with like these huge, like oh, yeah. legit like fireworks. So that was one of those things that like my dad definitely put like the Mr. Four Star put the fear of God in me. Like, do not touch this. Like you go over here, you sit there, I will do this and like whatever. So it is one of those things. Like I would say, you know, if you're, if you're lighting off like real heavy duty fireworks, make sure that these kids like have an area that they stay at. Like you can't get off in it. And, And I would be real strict about it. Like if you leave this area, there will be no more fireworks. So stay here, enjoy it. We'll take care of it. And then I would say like bottom line, like, don't feel the need to you know make your make your little backyard fireworks display just go like everyone else go to the pier or wherever you have to go just go watch the professionals go do that you know what i mean like just enjoy that yeah so now we got the safety tips out it's all very like straightforward and kind of in front of your face but you do need to think about it a little bit so that's the biggest thing like think about it think about your kids think about how they would react in those situations if they're you know, light and sound sensitive, obviously not a great time for them. So maybe don't go to a fireworks display where they might bug out. But I would say this, I, I, I thought about this. I was like, I think the holidays and the 4th of July for much as anything is it's about like traditions, like setting traditions. So if you have young kids, like really look to kind of set some traditions of things that you like to do on this time. Like our girls, usually we try and keep our bedtime routine. So it gets later it gets darker later here in the midwest so we don't actually have haven't gone to like a real fireworks display plus they're pretty young and it's kind of you know it's a lot of activity for them so what we do is is we like we grill we we have a fire we do s'mores and things like that and they get a little sparklers they get a little bit of that so that's a kind of running tradition that they kind of have something to look forward to they get it they have the american flags that wave around there's a parade that you can go to. Those are great little fun things to go. So establish traditions and just try and keep consistency with it because I think that really will maximize those one-off holidays. You know what I mean? Like those little fun times where I remember as a kid growing up, like we went up north all the time for 4th of July. There was a parade. We went down to the pier to watch fireworks. Like that was a good time. It wasn't. There wasn't a much to do about it. We were staying with my grandparents. It wasn't like it was like, we're staying in a hotel and spending a lot of money. We're just hanging out and have a great time. And I remember that vividly. That's great. Cause that, that makes, that's a really good point. So if you make the tradition, it's almost like you can sidestep it all together, right? If the tradition, if the Dawson family tradition is we do s'mores, we grill a little bit, we light a sparkler and you know, maybe we watch some outside fireworks, then that's what it becomes. And that's what like, that's yeah. what they anticipate. And it's less about like, we're going to go spend like $300, out of this fucking tent next to the Walmart and then we're gonna light yeah. some shit in the driveway. Like <laughs> right, that doesn't exactly. that doesn't have to be part of your fourth of July. Right. We're gonna we're we're gonna get Roman candles, <laughs> we're gonna get all these bombs. Half to go of off. these are gonna fucking work. The fuse is gonna be short, like it's gonna, right. it's gonna be a mess. I'm right. gonna keep some. The house is gonna smell like gunpowder. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so it's one of those things. It's it it doesn't have to be much of anything, but you establish it early. You get them in and it's all about your excitement. They mirror your excitement. Um and they enjoy it and it makes for an enjoyable time. I mean, it's, it's, you like having that, that fun time and you know, they'll, they'll look back on that more fondly than anything. I mean, I think all of our memories is, as we grow up and we look back at our childhoods is, is all stuff that's related. That's kind of like that, that thing that we look forward to that tradition might not be for a holiday. It might not be for this, but it was like, we always did this one thing a year and I always look forward to that. So when you have these like, you know, holidays and you can have a little bit of fun and out in the summer, go look, go, go do it. Go find that way to do it. Go find that way that fits in with your family. Perfect. brother. Uh, so I'm closing on parenting tip and I can't, I don't have kids. Uh, some of our listeners you don't? do. I do not. I'm going to update you. We get to know each other. We do talk throughout the week, but sometimes it's just good to touch base again and still oh. zero kids on the table. But okay. I, I, but I do, <laughs> I do say it's good to have the parenting tips back, bro. I'm excited about it. Uh, yes. one last thing. The biggest problem about holidays, if I know my MAMA parenting tips, it is kind of uh, deviating from that natural schedule. So what's yeah. the best way to kind of pull everything back to the schedule? 
Yeah, I think, well, you know, summertime is a whole thing where you, like, deviate altogether from that schedule, right? You you really get away from your routine a lot of times. Yeah. So it is one of those things. So if you're on vacation, I mean, the, the older your kids get, um, you know, they tend to you tend to get away from that. We're getting away from that a little bit with our, our routine. But, uh, you know, you can have a little, little forgiveness in that, this, these one-offs, but you understand, like, they do if they if they don't behave understand that their schedule their routine is is changing as well and a lot of times kids don't react well to that so don't don't be surprised if you see some uh you know un uh, unexpected behaviors from your kid or you know things that you would never expect them to do because it, that that's what happens a tantrum that would be you know, normally not there. All of a sudden, you probably will have it because that's they, they're out of their element and they just don't know how to process their emotions. Yeah, and maybe my parenting tip. Cut your kids some fucking slack. That's what I'm hearing yeah. right here. Yeah, like, Hey, chill the fuck out, dads. <laughs> you, you feed them fucking s'mores at 9 o'clock in the evening and everything's exploding around their head. It's just like, oh, it's time to go to bed now. They're, they're going to be a little shocked. Give them a little break. Can't get over it. Right. They might come out and say, Daddy, what's going on? I'm like, get back in there. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, awesome, brother. Oh, glad to have him back. Okay, well, um... Up against it, we know it's going to be a long pod, but we got plenty of more pod that's worth it for your ears. Let's get s'mores into it, pod? brother. All right, map degrees of separation. We are feeling festive this Fourth of July. We're doing yes, a sir. little red, white, and blue. We're doing red skeleton to red Arbok. We're doing Dana White to Jack White, Vita Blue, a pitcher to Blue Ivy, and then we're going to finish with. How do you say it? America Fiera? Ferrer- Ferreira? I Ferreira? thought it was Ferreira. America yeah. Ferreira? Sure. To London Fletcher. That's, <laughs> That's right. USA! What's up? It's <laughs> good connect. Good connect, bro. Uh, all right. Uh, you brought up a good time. Let's start with Red Skeleton to Red Arbok. Last time you said how we're going to do this. We're just going to list them off, right? We're going to see. We're gonna yeah, yeah. We're going to right. receive. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Bring bring the ball out, bro. You want me to go? Okay. All right. So Red, Red Skeleton. Uh, was a vaudevillian comedian uh, in the you know 50s, 60s, 70s. Sure. Had a show called the Red Skelton Hour, mm-hmm. uh, 1970. The Boston Pops Orchestra, that's my number one, were uh-huh. on his show, 1970. In 2010, Shaquille O'Neal, who then played for the Boston Celtics, yeah. was a guest conductor for the Boston Pops. <laughs> Back then, in in 2010, he oh, was. God. You're you're not liking where this is going already. I can tell. <laughs> I, I, can t- I love it. I love it. I love whenever you do like just like whatever like sideshow. Like where this is great. This is great. Nail it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the, you you don't forget you did match the number like 12 in something, right? <laughs> yes, I did. I gotcha. Did. Okay. Uh, so Danny Ainge signed Shaquille O'Neal in 2010. Uh, so Danny Ainge is my number three, and Danny Ainge was drafted by Red Orbach in 1981. That's my connect. One, two, three. That's uh, that's pretty solid. Okay, right now I got uh, very solid. Yeah, all right. I got Skelton. <laughs> uh, was in 1960s Ocean Eleven. So Ocean yes, Eleven, 96 will be my one. Uh, Ocean's Eleven was remade in 2001, starring a one Matt Damon. Matt okay. Damon, um, you know, born and raised in Boston. Big Boston fan. <laughs> and then Boston coach, uh, Red Arbach. So right there. Mine's a little, uh, like three, three spot, four. I think it's actually four. If you do three. the, you got it in three. Yes, I got it in three. I'll give you that. You, you got yours in like three and a half. You're like I, three I'm, and a quarter. See, here's what we do the half. Because when you said, like, I would have given you if you – once you got Shaquille O'Neal, like, that was the big move. And it just be like, Shaquille O'Neal played for the Celtics. Like, Red Arbach yeah, coaches, I, coaches the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. So, there, there. All right, all right, all right. Plus one. Plus yeah, one. There you go. All right. Plus okay, one of most okay. awesome in this hour of sour – what did we decide with the hour of sour? We'll hear it at the end. I know there's one thing we put on the radar a few pods ago. Oh, did we? Oh, I forgot. Well, uh, yeah. I, sure, I had I'm an idea. I had an shit, idea when yeah, I was doing my. We'll I was see, feeling okay. very confident. I was running through. <laughs> oh God! Not why a don't good you sign. do? Why don't you do? Start us off with Dana do White this? to Jack okay. White. Dana White to Jack White. Uh, Dana White uh, appeared on the HBO show Silicon Valley. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I went. I went that similar direction too. I like it. All right. Okay. Uh, Silicon Valley stars uh, one Zach Woods. Yeah. Zach Woods, my number two. Uh, Zach Woods. That guy fucks. Play... What's that? So that guy fucks. 
Zach, <laughs> Zach Wood fuck. Congratulations. Yeah, automatic friend of the pod. Automatic <laughs> friend, friend of the, of the pod. pod. Zach Wood's fucks. Uh, he played Gabe on The Office. That's right. The Office had uh, one actor named Craig Robinson. When I was writing this down, uh, I actually put Craig T. Robinson, and then I realized I was thinking of Craig T. Nelson. But still, Craig Robinson is on there. He just I don't think his middle name starts with the T. And then uh, he is on the Walk Hard Dewey Cox story, which has an appearance by Jack White, who plays oh, Elvis. Shit. Four spot. Ooh, Boom. I lost you on that. I lost you on that one. No, well, wanna, I, nailed, wanna... I, I nailed it. Take my word for it. Okay, take your take word for it. it. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, I did. I did. Uh, Silicon Valley. Zach Woods. Zach Woods on the Office to Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson was uh, in the Dewey Cox story, uh, Walk Hard, starring um, our boy. Um, the fuck's his? Fuck is Jack name? White. Yeah, not not starring Jack White. It's starring uh, this the stepbrothers guy. Oh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah, and the Jack White played Elvis, and boom, got it in four. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I like it. I like, we're 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 so close on this. You we're know how tempted close. I was to get. I once I go in HBO realm, I get so tempted to grab a bonus Ballers that, point. You I know, know. I want to get that. Ball. I, know. I was <laughs> you know, looking I for it point. hard, but it also like it. It doesn't make sense if you go out of maybe the Ballers after after this week. Ballers is worth uh, three points. Because it doesn't make sense to go out of your way to grab ballers, like like two connects to grab one bonus point to cause yourself like one more connect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with Jack White and work my way back. Because I too started with Walk Hard, the yeah. Dewey Cox story. Oh, nice. So Jack, so Jack White was in that. He was also in it with one Miss Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. The lovely Jane Lynch. So that's my one. Lovely Jane Lynch was in a Showtime series, so it has nothing to do with ballers, called no. Party Down. Do you remember Party Down? Yeah, was that was that Showtime or was it like was it AMC or something? Uh, it was it was definitely a, it was definitely one of the premium cable ones. It may have been Stars or Showtime. Stars, I think it's Stars. I think it's Stars. It was Star- You're right. You're right. It was Stars. Yeah. So minus half a point. Tell your story. Minus half. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> She was on that show, Party Down. Great show. I like it two seasons, like 23 yep. episodes. Uh, with Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Yeah. We, we know Ken Marino very well. Ken Marino was in the reboot of – he was in the original Wet Hot American Summer, but then he was in the reboot, um, like Summer Camp, and then the, the second one. I didn't see that one. With one Paul Shear. Paul Shear, my number three. Paul Shear was in the league, the series The League, with one Mr. Dana White, where he had a guest spot on there as he played like uh, Carlo the bad guy or something like that. Ooh. So I had it in three, my friend. Ah, that's close. It's, it feels like four. I'm going to give that one to me. Like so four. we got a dead heat. Yeah, I don't know. You were saying a lot of things. You don't have like the network correct. Uh, I, I do. <sighs> I, I'm trying to think if like a bonus, like half point should be if they played themselves or played somebody else. So I did like Dana White playing somebody. He wasn't playing Dana White in this. In uh, in the in the league, no, he was playing somebody somebody different. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. He was a thespian in this one. Yeah, yeah, that makes the first time. I didn't four, then you got deducted two half points. That's put you at four. All right, so uh, those two wash out red white. Let's go to blue, sir. Ooh. All right, you want me to go Vita Blue to Blue Ivy Carter, the daughter of Beyonce and Jay Z. Yes, I did. I weirdly got through all this as I did it, and I was like, I was a little too cavalier thinking Blue Ivy was the daughter of, you know, Jay Z and Beyonce. I was just like, shit, did I get? Did I just waste my fucking time? It's like the daughter <laughs> of is like Gwyneth Paltrow and like right. the guy from like Coldplay or something. But no, it, so I I got a, I got a good set here. Go ahead, you start. Okay, you got a good. Okay, okay. Um, so Vita Blue was. Uh, was a pitcher, left-hander, threw hard, 100-plus mile an hour. Yeah. Played for the 1973 Oakland A's championship team. Mm-hmm. On that team with him was one Mr. Reggie Jackson. Okay. okay. Mr. Mr. October, uh, Reggie Jackson. His owner, he also played, Reggie Jackson played for the Yankees. That owner of that club was Mr. George Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. George Steinbrenner. Uh, also drafted and selected one Mr. Derek <laughs> Jeter. 
Derek Jeter one time took the Jay Z train from Brooklyn to a game. <laughs> Go ahead, I like right, this. Right, he was he Go. was once at Club Forty. Um, no, but but Jay Z is a huge Yankees fan, and actually that 2009 championship, Jay Z was heavily involved in the clubhouse in that year. He also played like a uh, Derek Jeter retirement party. If you really want to get down into it, I like that. But Jay Z right there, Jay Z gave birth. Or well, didn't give birth. He he procreated sure. with, with the Bayhive herself. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that Bayhive. I didn't want to give the credit oh, to Jay Z when she did all the work. Well, we don't our want, podcast. We didn't watch over. her smoke. Our podcast is over. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I got there kid. in four. All right. Um, I'll go blue. So he was an All Star for both the American League and the National League, yeah. which is rarefied air. Only five people have done it. One other person to do it was one Roger Clemens. Oh, I love this already. Yeah, you like this, buddy? I Roger do like Clemens this. Uh, spent part of his career pitching for the Houston Astros. Oh. One of the Destiny children. I think actually probably two technically because I think uh, Beyonce's sister was a Destiny's child also. Is that correct? Yeah. I think so. Uh, no, Solange, Solange was not in there. It was right. – uh, I don't think so. No, no, because the mom was the the manager, yeah. And it was Kelly, the other chick who like went on to do like Christian things. All right, this is I, a, this is this is this a is Destiny may have it. <laughs> Destiny may have it. This is, this <laughs> Destiny is way child more info on Destiny's <laughs> child. All right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah. So we pitch. Uh, so what a pitch for Houston Astros. Uh, one Beyonce Knowles is from Houston. Beyonce Knowles is the mother of Blue Ivy. There's four. There you go. Very good. I like how you tied. Houston was one of that. Are you saying Roger Clemens gave birth to? No, I knew. I knew okay. you said. I knew you wanted a little bit more. Can I? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this one. So you're plus one going into the final. I like did, it. I like it. Where you? We, I like it. I like. We it. did Ooh. this for it. This is starting to danger close to the Neapolitan showdown scoring. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm not. I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> I, I know. Just, I. I kind of figured out. It's like, what's a plus in this? Don't we want minus points in this? Like, isn't that like? Minus points would get us like further away, or plus points would get us. Yeah, it's just to. it's just whatever helps us keep tally. Minus is funny because that's going to come up in the Neapolitan showdown, is because we're talking about shitty things. So I, I do think we want a less score. We'll get into that. But anyway, I'm going to okay. give you the. You're going in as the leader at one. So I got to do okay, this to okay. tie, and then we'll we'll see. And works. we and we only do normally three, so this is an extra one for you, Podians. I'm going to go because it is Fourth of July. Yes, America Ferrera. Yeah. Ferrera, Ferrera, to London Fletcher. No, yeah. no minus points because neither one of us can say that properly. Correct. So America Ferrera, the lovely, talented actress, was claim to fame was on the show Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty had a guest star, one Mister Mark Consuelos. Mm. Uh, if you don't know who Mark Consuelos is, Mark Consuelos is a, uh, a soap actor as well as being married to one Kelly Ripa. So that's my one two. Mark Consuelos, Kelly Ripa. Mm-hmm. Kelly Ripa. See, this host. is my problem with score. It, it my score. It feels like Ugly Betty is a point. Also, why should Ugly Betty, if 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 America Ferrera is on right, the show, you, she's sharing okay. the screen. Right, 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 I'm right. setting the table. Right, it's okay. not like it's an entity. I just wasn't. I was trying to light your fuse on this Fourth of July, bro. Just I, I know. I, don't. I, let, I'm a I'm, I'm a Roman <laughs> candle coming whizzing by your head, sir. Careful. Not trying to set off the M80. MA80. All right, buddy. What do you? Yeah, right. So Consuela, Kelly Ripa, uh, the beautiful Kelly Ripa, uh, she then co-hosted after Regis Philbin retired with Michael Strahan. Yeah. That's my number Ooh. three. Michael Strahan was out there. Uh, week three of t- the 2007 NFL season, the Washington Redskins won, or excuse me, lost to the New York Giants. One Mr. London Fletcher was the middle linebacker for the Washington Redskins in 2007. Sure, the failed same field. He actually had a pick in that game and six tackles, London Fletcher. There you go. That's my one, two, three. Ooh. Mm. Uh, all right. So you're going to get the W, not okay. to step on the fucking lead because you're going you're gonna to hate the connect I had. Oh, I love it. I guess uh, getting cute already. I love when you hate it. Um, but I do get my ballers bonus point. I want that Ooh. acknowledged. All right, uh, American Friara. Uh, she appeared on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She did. 
Curb Your Enthusiasm is on HBO. There you which go. Which Ballers is on HBO. I love it. <laughs> Good old Network Connect. <laughs> Network Connect, I like uh, it. So Flagship I, and, Connect. And I got my bonus Ballers point. Uh, Ballers featured one Eddie George. Eddie yes. George was on an episode of Ballers. What, 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 what college did he go to? Eddie George went to. Ooh, this is good. Uh, I gotta guess. You know, I don't watch college football. Why do you embarrass me that. in front of all our? our I'm not, I, I didn't. I was. Well, I, it's Nomads. because it's Ohio. Da, 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 da. Ah, what is that? Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Okay, that's good. Uh, so Eddie, and Eddie George played in Super Bowl 34, which had the Rams beating the Titans 23 to 16. On that field was Eddie George playing running back for the Tennessee Titans, and on the other end of the football, winning his. Only Super Bowl ring was London Fletcher. Ooh, very good. I like it. Boom, that was good. But you got the win because I the the network connect felt dirty. Felt I dirty. To do it. it felt well, dirty. I, I told it you, you you like you like the brandana get cutesy. <laughs> I like the most <laughs> awesome handshake. All right. Okay. Yes. What yes, do you got? What sir. am I watching? This hour of sour. I was gonna go. You know, not hour of sour. I think in in this Fourth of July. Festivity. I was gonna go born on the fourth of July. It's got your boy Tom. What? I was gonna go hour. I was gonna go hour of heavy. Oh, bro, look at that. Got me a little something. Yeah. Is the yeah. fourth of July the official it may be sports podcast holiday? I don't know. It is today. It's the only I think it's the only morning. holiday we've ever recorded on. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that and then I wanna get a little uh does Brandana have it? Let me get some get some hit me with some quotes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you need a I different like actor. What's what's another strong actor in my? You know what should be, should do some Bradley Cooper quotes. I was just thinking Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I was just thinking Bradley Cooper. Oh, the same brain. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.